0: Hey, redheads and everyone else listening, I'm Stephanie.
1: I'm Adrian, and today is a super powerful episode, probably one of the most powerful episodes that we've ever done. Um, we are talking to Dr. Mariana Strongin. She is a psychologist in New York City, and um, she is going to talk to us. She's a licensed clinical psychologist, and she's going to talk to us about redhead bullying and trauma We felt like this episode's really needed, right, Steph? I mean, the world is going through a A lot lot. of crazy stuff right now. And mental health is no joke. Um, Having the tools to live a great, healthy, prosperous life is, I think, one of the most important things that we can give ourselves. So we wanted to bring on a psychologist who Who
0: can talk us through a lot of this. And she's a natural redhead. Right. I was just going to say that. She's a natural redhead. And we've talked about bullying in, I think, a past episode, maybe in season one or two, but this will be the first time that we are speaking with an expert who is a natural redhead. Um, And her story is, I mean, very incredible, inspirational. Um, she came to America when she was eight years old and on top of having to be the only student who didn't speak English, she was also the only redhead. and when we spoke to her prior to having her on our ep- on our podcast, she said it was awful I was she quote I, it was awful. I was called big red, flame crotch, red etc. Being called out for being a redhead significantly diminished my self-esteem growing up. She says that her mom worked really hard to equalize it by emphasizing how important being different was. Now she values her differences in her red hair is the thing she loves most about herself. And we will definitely go into more once we talk with Dr. Strongin. Um, and she now uses her background, though, and experience of feeling different to further understand, you know, and feel her patience which is pretty remarkable. Um, So we're super excited to talk with her and give all of you listeners tools to value your differences, boost your confidence, love your red hair. Um, Whether you are listening and you are being bullied right now or you have been in the past, or maybe you're listening and your parent or caregiver or sibling or someone in your circle or significant other, you know, or maybe kind of have an idea that someone's being bullied, we will go through tips for everyone, you know, those who are being bullied to those who may know someone who is being bullied. Um, As Adrian said, mental health is so important, especially now, um, more than ever, I think. Um, So we're super excited to talk with her and just you know, have her on our podcast today.
1: Yeah. So she, uh, is trained to treat mood and anxiety disorders and a variety Mm. of life transitional issues. So she really understands all of these topics. This is what she does daily and through exploration of feelings, behaviors, and life choices she has helped her clients become stronger and more confident individuals. So uh, definitely check her out. She's the founder of Strong in Therapy in Manhattan. So
0: really excited to talk to her. So Steph, let's call her up. Yeah, let's give her a call. Finally have Brows, a tinted eyebrow gel made by How to Be a Redhead, specially formulated and curated by us, Stephanie and Adrian. Finally have Brows is available in the original long-wearing version and now in a volumizing option too. Both options tint and provide perfect redhead brows. You're unique. Your eyebrow product should be too. Shop finally have brows, long wearing and volumizing at how to be a redhead.com. Hi, Dr. Strongen. It's Stephanie and Adrian Vendetti from How to Be a Redhead.
2: Hi. Good to see you.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. We're super excited about this podcast interview.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so um We're excited to talk with, obviously, a natural redhead. Um, We can see you, you know, so your hair is beautiful. Um, You're wearing green, which is such a redhead-friendly color. Always. Yes. So we're excited to talk with a natural redhead who understands bullying and trauma. We know this will be a very powerful episode. So to kick things off, tell us a little bit about yourself, your childhood, and how it was growing up being a redhead.
2: Sure. Um, So my story happens to be a little relevant given the times that we're in. So obviously I was born a redhead, but I was born in Moldova, which is uh, very close to where Ukraine is. Um, And it was part of the former Soviet Union. Um, And so when I was younger, we immigrated to the United States And when I came to this country, I didn't speak a word of English. So the only word I knew was okay. So I went into the first grade uh, not speaking anything. And when kids came up to me and asked me what my name was, I said, okay. (laughs) Um, And And you know, as redheads, um, one of the things that I think a lot of redhead children feel and sort of wear is that they are different in a classroom than, than many of the other students. Um, and so I felt different on a variety uh, of levels there. Um, and interestingly enough, I, I was bullied um, as a child, but maybe for red hair at times and also, I think, for being an immigrant at times. Um, And, you know, I think one of the most powerful and most important things that I learned in that time was that friendship was my safety. I I was really lucky in that I developed friends very early on who were curious about who I was and where I came from and took interest in my story. And even when I didn't speak English, they still kind of rallied around me. And I learned that when I was bullied or when I was um, identified as being different in any way, that was where I gained all my strength and support was in
1: friendships.
0: Wow. That's so powerful. Friendships are amazing. What was the language
1: that, what was your first language? So my first language is Russian. Okay. It is. I was going to ask if it was Russian. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, when we came
2: there, there, we came to Texas where there were very few Russian-speaking families.
1: Right.
2: So we, you know, we had to learn very quickly and there was no translator for me or anything like that. So, you know, I very quickly just had to get in there and figure things out.
1: Yeah, that's really, it's really incredible. Do you think that as a young girl, you were able to kind of navigate through that easier, say, than like an adult Or do you think that sometimes like an adult would have a harder time if they were transitioning here with, you know, in your circumstance?
2: Yeah, I think kids are far more resilient and far more willing to get it wrong than adults. I think as adults, we're a lot more defended and we put a lot more pressure on ourselves. So I think I was more playful as a child. And so I was willing to kind of pretend to speak English and to say, okay, and I was excited to try all the new foods, whereas an adult, I think we are more resistant to change. Uh, And so obviously, all of this is why I became a psychologist.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get into that, too, because that's really, really fascinating. Um, So in those beginning years, you're now in America and, you know, transitioning through all of this newness, I guess. Um, and your mom, you told us that she told you a really comforting story when you were young saying, God made brunettes all night, blondes all day, but redheads only during sunrise and sunset. So I, you know, we love that because those little anecdotes, they really help you as a kid. Like Stephanie, mom or whatever they would say, um, you know, about your freckles. Um, yeah. I forgot what the anecdote was. Oh my God. Was. What was it? Um, About the, the freckles. Uh, about the, the night, night with stars. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: that they're um well they're sun kisses, but then yeah. a night without freckles is like a sky without stars. Without stars.
2: Oh, I love that one.
0: <laughs> so it just makes you you know, you you replay that in your mind as a child. And the fact that it came from a parent like our mom, it's a comforting thing and you believe it. And it is some somewhat I mean, yeah, it's a great anecdote. Um, but Your mom's message or anecdote was so powerful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And my mom spent a lot of time talking to me about being a redhead because I think I just felt so different. I remember um, specifically sometime in the third or fourth grade, there was a quiz or a worksheet that we were doing in identifying characters and it said something like, was, you know, It was like a you had to fill in uh, a multiple choice. Was was the character a brunette or a blonde? And I remember thinking, "Well, like how come there isn't a choice for red hair? It wasn't part of that." And you know, as a redhead as a child, you kind of you, you kind of swallow that in. And so that story that my mom would tell me, I would think to myself, "Oh, I guess it's so rare, it's so special. It wouldn't even be a choice here." Um, and so it actually comforted me in a variety of ways. And I think even through puberty and as, as you grow and your hair changes and the way you look changes, these kinds of stories that different was special and great um, were really meaningful to me.
0: Yeah. And what work did you do personally to learn to really love your differences and your red hair? And how old were you when you finally learned to love it?
2: You know, I I think it's such a it's like a work in progress in in some way, you know, Um, I I always shared with my friends how I felt, which was really powerful. And I didn't have any redheaded friends. Um, And so it was something that they, I think, carried and protected me. Um, So, like, if there was any time anybody would say anything, they knew that something that would hurt me. And so that felt really powerful and supportive. But I think the real change for me was when I figured out how to style my hair. <laughs>
1: that, that's a big day when you're like, I finally did it. Oh, I, rem- <laughs> I
2: actually remember the exact day and where I was and what I did. And it, it was a game changer. I remember because I have frizzy hair mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I was at a friend's house um, and we went to her neighbor's house who had curling moose and she said to us, oh, when you get out of the shower, you just scrunch it and your hair's curly. I didn't, I didn't know I had curly hair. I just knew I had frizzy hair. Right. And I remember having this urge to just go home and experiment. And so I did. And I came out and I had like these wavy curly hair and I was so excited. <laughs> And it was a total game changer. And since then, I've always played around with my hair. I curl it. I, you know, straighten it. I do all these things, but I love it, yeah, um, because I'm in control.
0: Yeah, it, right, right. Once you know how to maintain your hair and what products work for you, it's it is life changing.
2: Yes, it, it it was so significant that I remember the house where yeah. how, I, I just remember that whole day.
1: Yeah. And as, and as, you know, a psychologist like you are, I'm sure that that has something to do with, you know, the enlightenment of that day, just (laughs) that you can remember with anything important in your life, you can remember really specific details. Absolutely. It was like
2: taking control of something that I was kind of like thinking about and not sure how to work through, but it was a moment of like, I have worked through this,
1: (laughs) (laughs) So do you feel like you have any trauma from being bullied as a redhead or have you worked through it and you can say like, I'm trauma-free? I don't think I have trauma from it. Um, I think I've absolutely worked through it.
2: I think now it's one of the most like proud things about myself and it's a part of my identity. It's, you know, probably the strongest adjective I would use about myself. Um, And so I definitely think I've worked through it, but... I would say I have surrounded myself with people who understand um, what being a redhead means to me. And I'll share a story about um, even finding my partner and like what it meant to be a redhead and finding a partner who values that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so I think that that helped with whatever bullying that occurred. I've always been able to kind of rally the right people behind me.
0: Yeah, that is really important in life to have people in your circle. You know who you who you trust and who get you as a individual. I totally, Adrian and I, yeah, we feel the same way. We talk about that a lot. So, um,
1: so does your partner? Your partner loves your red hair. Yeah. So before I met my partner,
2: uh, I made a list, and I do this with my patients who are single. I made a list of what I would like in my partner and it wasn't like you know tall dark it wasn't like that it had to be extremely specific and I say to my patients if I were to read that list I would know it's only about you right and so it'd be really really specific and on my list I wrote something like he loves that I'm a redhead and values that
0: yeah wow
2: and I met him like a month later
1: Wow. <laughs> I love when that happens. That's yeah. so great.
2: And it's so funny. It's so funny. When I was when I was pregnant, one of the things he would say to me is, I you know, I really hope our kids have red hair. I really hope our kids have red hair. Our kids do not have red hair. <laughs> but <laughs> but I could see that it was super important to him.
0: Yeah. Aww. Oh, that is so nice. So do you come from a family of redheads?
2: No. Both of my both of my parents have Literally black hair.
0: <laughs> wow, were they surprised? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Have you ever done the research to see if it, what generation it might have come from? Or I, what? I
2: think. It, yeah, I think it was from my grandmother on my mom's side, but it clearly doesn't exist on my husband's side. <laughs>
1: right. 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 Which we learned. <laughs> yeah.
0: Definitely. <laughs> and what are. Two tips you can provide redheads who maybe are listening, um, who are getting bullied, and they're struggling with it, whether it's in school or whatever the situation is in in their life right now.
2: Right. So, so typically people are bullied about something that is different or something that someone else has a hard time accepting. Right. And we can't control bullies. Like we can't control when and where that will happen. But we have a lot of control within ourselves, right? And so one of the first things I would say is to always, always share how you're feeling with the people you love and trust. Mm. Research has found that, you know, when bullying gets out of control, it's for those people who hold it inside and take the bully's words as their truth, which then turns into shame right? Oh, wow. Then we get ourselves into a lot of trouble. So if you have, if there's someone's bullying you, I want you to take those words and share them with everyone around you so that it's no longer your truth. The second you've put it on the table, everyone else is a part of that.
0: Okay. So you're saying share with your maybe siblings or caregivers,
2: siblings, parents, friends, as many people as you can. And observing their reaction can be so powerful. Mm, Right. Yeah. Because I remember my friend saying, "What? Are you kidding?" And it it would really normalize it for me. So I was no longer the only one holding it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mean words have such powerful impact on our psyche. The second we let it out of our body, it's not it's not ours anymore.
1: That is really powerful. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think this. And the second tip I would have is to create boundaries, right? I think, you know, internally uh, we have certain boundaries that are really important to us and it's about really validating those for ourselves. So if we are getting bullied and if we are putting ourselves in situations where people are violating our boundaries, it's really important that we find a way to communicate that, right? So even saying back to someone, that's really not so nice. That really hurts my feelings. That's not something I deserve, right? That, that holds a boundary and tells another person, it's not going to be okay next time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's communicating, right?
2: Right, right. On both ends, right? Communicating for yourself, right? And communicating with others, right? And so that, yeah. then you're putting yourself as your number one.
1: Yeah, I can really recognize with that. I feel like anytime anyone's ever said anything mean, or when you hear someone say something mean to someone else, you can almost see that person like almost like take a gasp, like they took it in. So I feel like when you when your advice is to communicate, you're almost like releasing that, like you're releasing that like buildup that you're feeling, like maybe like in your chest or something about what someone said to you.
2: Exactly, and I think when you hold it in yourself, it sort of grows, and it can become your own truth. Yeah. And we need to let
0: that go. Wow, I'm soaking this all in. This is yeah. <laughs> no, I told I, I. I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, and I should have taken these obviously these two tips, but I didn't know, you know. Or maybe you know, Adrian, we we were very we have great communication. I mean, we yeah always communicated with our parents growing up. So I do think that was something that, like you said, the word normalize it did when you spoke about it, like to our mom, who's so. She's amazing but she would just her responses always made me feel like okay like they're wrong um you know what i mean yes. yeah she's on your side yeah, yeah. she she really normalized it Did Adrian didn't she if you think yeah like i remember Steph-
1: Stephanie you were complaining about your freckles you were like oh someone's complaining about my freckles or someone's bullying me about it and my mom would be like w-. my mom would say what they're just jealous. And then see that would just make it seem like so funny and just be like, oh, okay, like here I am worrying about it and then it's just yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, my mom would always say that
2: to me as well. She she would sort of say like, that's their problem. Yeah. They're having an issue here, not you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I would go to school being like, oh, that person's just jealous of my freckles. And who knows me, you know, maybe they were, but <laughs> yeah, in my mind it really helped me personally to communicate with our parents.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think the tricky part um, in childhood is that there's a point where we want to be like others. And it's actually super important to our identity to be like others, right? And then there comes a point in our lives where we want to be different, where we want to identify ourselves as different. And so it's just important to pay attention to that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, it's so true. You want to blend in and then before you know it, you don't want to blend in. You want to be the farthest thing from that. You want to stand out.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And so that's why it's so difficult in the journey of being a redhead is that it goes from, you know, wanting to be like others, which is being a brunette or being a blonde or not accepting your redheadedness to really, once you understand it, you then really can value it and it can be really like one of the best assets you have, but it is a journey. So if I were to tell my younger self some advice, I would say to kind of embrace the difference.
1: Right, right, right. I, I wish that we did too. Um, so, you know, therapy has, I think, become super normalized, especially like in the past five years, especially since COVID. I feel like when you tell someone, oh, I'm in therapy, it's no big deal. Whereas, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago, it was kind of like, you're in therapy, like you need help. I don't know. It was, yes. I feel like it's really become like mainstream. So it's for people who are like really struggling, let's say they have trauma from being intensely bullied. Um, you know, I've met a lot of people who have had really, really bad, like, I don't, I don't, I feel like I should share the story, but um, I won't share the whole thing. But my husband, um, he actually has red hair. And he was on a ski trip in Vancouver, which should be like this like perfect memory of, of, um, of the ski trip. You know, he had been in Whistler and he's in this amazing resort and he was 16 years old and skiing and skiing and skiing. And then he was really heavily bullied and, on that trip. And that's all he remembers from that trip. And when he hears Whistler, he's like, oh, I was, like, really bullied on that trip. And instead of remembering the good times, he remembers the bad times. So for people in those circumstances, like, I'm not saying he needs therapy, but um, for people in those circumstances who have had, like, really intense situations of bullying, is it too late for them to, like, go back and relive it and work on it? Or can they pursue the therapy and heal?
2: It's it's actually never too late. Um, But one of the most powerful things that we do with patients who have any form of trauma is that we get their adult self to heal their child self, right? Oh, wow. So now that your husband is who he is, right? And he is like a stable, good individual. He has the power and knowledge to know how to heal the childlike self, right? Mm. So in therapy, we would have him kind of relive those moments, in his adult body, right? And in his adult body, we would ask him, how could you soothe that boy? What, what would you tell him? What would he need to know to make that better? Mm. So that he understands that now he has the knowledge and power to kind of heal, right? We can't undo trauma, but we can certainly have a new relationship with it. And in therapy, we call that a corrective emotional experience.
1: So do you see people who actually work through the trauma and then they're actually, does it come out almost like, can it, I always try to look at the positive. So could it be, could it make them a stronger person? Could it make them more resilient? Can it help them in other ways in their life, you know, once they like really start to work through it as an adult?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I think it could also make them a more vulnerable person, which Mm -hmm. is a good thing too. We don't always need to be strong but I think feeling really deep negative emotions at times and withstanding and growing from them makes us a really dynamic vulnerable human who can really feel a variety of feelings
0: definitely I think vulnerability is so powerful and under underrated really
1: you know I think it's really more important I'm really happy you said that I think that that's really true
2: Yeah, I I think an experience like that would really make someone be able to communicate in their adult life on the variety of emotions that they are having. And going back to sort of what I said in the beginning of, you know, if you are bullied, you have to share with others. Well, that takes vulnerability.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. it definitely does. Because then if you, but then you're harboring it inside and you're trying to be strong by just keeping all these emotions. in. yeah, because you don't want to feel you weak. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. That's totally is kind of, I hope life-changing for listeners. You know, me, I'm taking this all in. Um, especially I, I have a son, he's one, he doesn't have red hair. Um, my husband too, just didn't have the red gene, but I think now as a parent, I think I, anytime I read about bullying or listening to someone like yourself, um, with their expert advice. It's something that I just I I'm trying to soak it all in because I know later in life, if this was to pertain to him, I want to make sure I'm doing the right things as a parent.
2: Absolutely. And I think as parents, all we can do is kind of open the communication avenue as early as possible and kind of empower our kids to talk about their feelings so that they understand that they are part of their inner world. And they're so meaningful. So Mm. that when they have big feelings, that's something they share with you. That's something that's so normal.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I know. I read something recently that said, you know, asking your kid, I don't know, three or four questions after school is so important. Like, how was your day? What was the highlight of your day? They were just some examples to open up that communication. So the your child just isn't coming home and is quiet about his or her day. It's about sharing, oh, what did you do? You know, was there a low? Let's talk about it. So I thought yeah. this, arc, yeah. yeah. It, so you agree with that?
2: Absolutely. As long as they're open-ended questions. So we don't want to ask the kind of questions that elicit yes or no. Do you have a good day? Was today fun? Those questions don't do much for, for a kid who has a lot of emotions living inside of them, it kind of closes them off to that. So, we want to ask the kind of questions that lead them to go inside a little more, right? Just mm-hmm. like the ones you listed. What was the highlight of the day? What did you feel when you finished the whole school day? Yeah. <laughs> what did you feel them when you walked into class? So that they can kind of access those feelings and also you're teaching them how to think about the day from that perspective.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yep. I just keep well, saying the Dr. same thing. This makes like total, yeah, this is just so amazing. Yeah. Um so Dr. Strong and we've really really
1: enjoyed talking to you. I feel like Stephanie and I, you know, usually you can't get us to be quiet, but I feel like we're really really <laughs> taking everything you're saying seriously because it really matters and I think mental health is really really important. Um, So I want to thank you. And I just wanted to end it with one more question. Um, So what is your number one tip um, with all of your years of experience being a redhead yourself and your professional experience? What is your number one tip for being a confident redhead? Listen, I
2: think a redhead is an integral part of your identity. Right. So when someone describes you to another person, it's oh, it's very likely that they're going to say, oh, that redheaded woman or, you know, that yeah. beautiful redheaded person. They're never going to say, oh, that brunette person or that blonde person. They, people use the redheadedness to really identify who you are the same way they would with your career or your children or where you live. And so my biggest advice is to really take that on and wear that. Right? It is unique and it is a huge part of your identity. And I think the sooner that you accept that and take that on, um, the easier and more empowering it is to be a redhead.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, we will for sure link your website and your practice. And, um, you know, just thank you for all of your knowledge. You know, we don't take anything for granted and um, we really value it. So thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about all things redheadedness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Always a pleasure. We'd love to have you back on too. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Dr. Songen. Finally Have Brows, a tinted eyebrow gel made by How to Be a Redhead, specially formulated and curated by us, Stephanie and Adrian. Finally Have Brows is available in the original long-wearing version and now in a volumizing option too. Both options tint and provide perfect redhead brows. You're unique. Your eyebrow product should be too. Shop finally have Brows, long wearing and volumizing at redhead.com I just am going to keep saying the word wow after talking with Dr. Strongin. I, I personally, this is Stephanie speaking, learned so much from talking with her in just the short amount of time that we did. I felt like I was taking in every single word that she was saying. And Mm -hmm. I just, honestly, I think it was such a powerful one, if not our most powerful interview that we've had. I agree.
1: I think that she could really relate
0: to Mm -hmm. us, which was really important.
1: Um, you know, she grew up as a redhead. The fact that she immigrated to this country, um, you know, close to Ukraine with the crisis that's going on right now. She's first language is Russian. Um, You know, she came here, she moved, she was in Texas. Um, I feel like she really went through a lot. So she has a lot of empathy and compassion. for People who are going through a lot of the same situations. Um, And I, I was really just blown away, not only by like the work she's done on herself, because you can tell she's like an extremely confident woman, but like her calmness And her ability to just give great,
0: easy tips that you're like, why didn't I think about that? That's it. Yeah. It's almost like you don't think about it. Yeah. Right. When she said it, I said, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, oh my God, that makes total sense. Like, for example, the if you're getting bullied, talking about it and not harboring it inside makes it normal, which Totally. You know, you can relate that to certain other things. Like if you, something happened to you with a friend or something, instead of keeping it in, communicating it with that person or sharing your feelings, you know, it does help talking about stuff. So I think that you can take that one piece of advice, for example, whether you're getting bullied or not, and just put, you know, um, use that in your everyday life and, yeah, I just, yeah, I think I, it's so think important. Too, it,
1: it's like not only when you're getting bullied, but like when you have anything that's like festering inside stuff, I know you're you're like me, like sometimes we'll be up in the middle of the night thinking about things. And yeah. sometimes in your head or especially at night, things seem so much worse than they, they do. are. And then when you're able to like talk about it, like stuff. let's say I'm talking to you about it or I'm talking to someone else about it. Once you hear yourself say something, it's almost like, why was I even worried about Mm -hmm.
0: that? That's exactly it. Sometimes
1: it takes you hearing it and talking to someone to be like, I can't believe I've been stressed about that for three weeks. I should have just talked about it so much earlier. So I think that's something that I just kind of do. But then when she said that that's like actually the path to stopping bullying trauma, I was like, of course it is. Because when you really talk it through, it's so... Powerful, mm-hmm. and it just like eliminates the stress of it.
0: Yeah, it does. And that word, normalize, it does. It, yeah, and um, I just, yeah, I, I think too, it gives you the tools. If
1: you can start early with that practice, then it'll give you the tools. And I think that that's what this episode was all about: is mm-hmm. tools are so important in life, um, especially mental health tools. So if you can start early with these great tools that she provided, then you're going to be able to really succeed in life because the, 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 the not so good news is that bullies are kind of just everywhere in life. You know, you think that they stop in school, but then like they're, mm-hmm. maybe they're not called a bully. Maybe they're called like a strong person or whatever they're called. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They come in different forms, but they're like in the workplace, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. So once you're able to like cope with it and just move on and just kind of like swipe left, like, you know, you do on your iPhone, then you can just move on and live a great life. And that's what we want for everyone who's listening is just to live a really great life. And love who they are. So um, if you want to help us spread the news about the How To Be A Redhead brand in this podcast, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends, redheads, and everyone else to subscribe. You can listen to this podcast directly on howtobearedhead.com, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to look at the podcast notes, to find links with everything we mentioned, and so much more. And um, again, her name is Dr. Mariana Strongin. She is the founder of Strongin Therapy. Uh, she is a licensed clinical psychologist in Manhattan. You can check her out on strongintherapy.com. And we will 100% put her information and website in the podcast notes. And like always,
0: rock it like a redhead.